Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people from anywhere and everywhere. We are uh, starting episode two of the Tried Health podcast. Today, we're going to focus most of the podcast. What do you think? Probably mainly just nutrition. Obviously, yep. when Taylor and I get talking, we might go off on a tangent here and there. Definitely but some soapboxes. Yeah. This is going to be the, the nutrition episode for sure. Yes. One of many. One of many. One of and like, like we said, just one more time to clarify for anyone who missed it last week or might be listening for the first time. You know, week by week. So triad health is fitness, nutrition, and mental health. Each episode is going to specify in one of those three subcategories. So it's going to be last week's episode was catered towards fitness. This week's nutrition. Next week will be mental health. And we'll start over again. Fitness, nutrition, mental health, and so on. Uh, I think eventually we'll probably have guests on, right? I mean, yeah. So, you know, once eventually, we get our mic situation figured out. Um, I'd love to have guests on. Local. And, you know, if it works, we can might even get some guests uh, do you think Zoom might like some guests Maybe, out of yeah. state? I mean, we that could use work, Zoom, we use Skype, put someone up on a projector right here yeah. and make them look at <laughs> their whole face right there. The possibilities are definitely yeah. Endless. So, uh, anyways, I think that uh, I would love to get lots of guests on. I think um, yeah, that'd be that'd be really big. And, and once again, um, we appreciate anyone who's watching, and listening. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna dive into a couple of specifics today, some broader categories, talk about some nutritional myths. Uh, Taylor's got some just pots of gold he's going to spit out of his mouth. So there you go, man. Um, so I guess w w what's kind of your main thing you want to touch, like a couple of main things you want to touch on with well, nutrition just to get kind of lay yeah. the foundation. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's kind of like give our backstory real quick Yeah. on kind of what we grew up on, what our diets are now, how they've evolved, all that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, just I so think people kind of get an idea to say that, but let alone you and I, I mean, because – you haven't stuck to the same diet, obviously, mm -hmm. and I definitely haven't either. Um, all right, dude, ladies first, go for it, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> kidding, dog, right. kidding. Um, you have more facial hair than me, so I'm more, <laughs> of, a, I'm more of a girl. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I grew up with a, a pretty shitty diet. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Let's just don't you think say it, it has like to do it with is. The parents? Yeah, I mean, as a kid, just, as a kid, like you if your parents were fucking like raw vegans. You probably would have eaten a lot more fruits and vegetables growing up. Probably. Okay. Yeah. That's the same with me. I kind of just ate what my parents ate, which is normal and fine. But yeah. Yeah. So typical standard kid diet, you think? Typical typical standard kid diet, man. <laughs> I ate pizza rolls and I mean, in the morning, when I was young, young, I mean, I ate whatever my parents had, but you know, I, I ate ice cream for breakfast and I'd go down in the basement and crack open a, a seven up. So my. <laughs> My stepmom didn't know I was doing it. So, anyways. I hope she's not listening and she'll get get, you, get mad at you right now, dude. Whatever. <laughs> um, no, but that's kind of how I grew up. And then, as we talked about on last week's episode, you know, I kind of have a, quite a bit of a shift. My nutrition has very much changed over the years. Uh, for a long time, I've followed kind of a, a modern paleo type of approach to nutrition. And now, when do you I've think long of, time? Like, long time? I started doing that. I really started making that shift to eating more fresh fruits and vegetables, quality meats, um, quality carbohydrates, less processed junk. We'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah. I started making that shift in probably about, you know, like probably really like sophomore year in high school. So I really started junior year. That is so weird for me. It was sophomore year too. Yeah. I was still eating Little Debbie's freshman year every lunch, dude. <laughs> and yeah. then I actually put two and two together like, hmm, maybe yeah. if I listened and pay attention to what I put in my body, I might be able to feel better, perform better, to 
you know seventh grade it was yeah. like oh my gosh we have those crazy sleepovers we'd play halo 3 all night or whatever <laughs> and then and you guys are you know you would always eat like broccoli right you know <laughs> yeah we ate broccoli we just ate pounds of broccoli do you no. what, what did you go to indian hills yeah middle school hills. so at indian hills is probably the same as mission hills mission hills is now an old person retirement home it's completely <laughs> torn down so it's you know ghost town but uh i remember the zebra cakes were everywhere the little yeah. debbie zebra cakes i used to have one of those every day for lunch for two years and then my freshman year, my life was changed forever when – what were those chocolate chip cookies called? Uh, I didn't – Otis Spunkmeyer. Oh, my gosh. Otis Spunkmeyer. Fucking horrible for The you. amount of fat that was in each cookie. The cookies were so soft and luscious, they fell apart just holding it. It was like you're eating yeah. cookie dough, but it was like kind of cooked still. Oh, that was most kids' diets oh in our, our, I had, our high yeah, school. I, we, I had buddies who got like – there's three per pack. Yeah. That are fresh and hot. And I had buddies who got, who got three or four packs per meal. And then my sophomore, I'm like, ah, I'm lifting weights now. So, <laughs> but dude, that was a game changer, man. So I, that was probably a good idea for me to get off of that. And I'm sure you probably haven't Absolutely. had Otis Spunkmeyer for a while. <laughs> That's one of the things we'll talk about here in a bit too is processed foods. The biggest thing that people can do to work towards eating better is eliminate your processed foods. You hear that a lot. And what does that mean? Like, you know, ho-hos, Twinkies, vault sodas. Is that even is that a thing anymore? I, don't know, I used, yeah, to, drink, I I used mean, to drink vault when I was little. Okay. Vault or like Mountain Dew or anything <laughs> under the sun that's carbonated and has sugar in it. Sugar, yeah, hundred yeah. percent sugar. And, and then, if you want to get extreme, I guess artificial sweeteners and caffeine, but that's right. not as bad necessarily as just we'll get into thirty that grams of sugar. But yeah. So you said sophomore year. So is, yeah, okay. Sophomore and junior year. Started making kind of a change in my diet. Definitely started to feel better for sure. Um, and then over the years, I've kind of gotten a lot more nitpicky with it. As some people close to me know, my diet is very strange and unconventional. <laughs> but um, now I kind of do more of a keto carnivore approach to my nutrition and feel great doing it. But uh, do you know of anyone else who is very similar to the way you eat? Or do you have you kind of just combined... Because I feel like everyone's a little different with everything. Yeah, there, I, I think it's interesting how we have all these freaking subcategories now. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, you're a vegan. You're a vegetarian. You're a pescatarian. Yeah. You're a meat eater. You're paleo. You know, you're Atkins diet. I know. Let's just put, let's put a, so, a disclaimer out you, there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right now. Because, you know, I encourage people to do what works for them. And that's something I do want to talk about, too, is you hear that a lot. What works for you with your diet? Well, the only way to know what works for you is to try things and do your own self-experimentation right. and take things out, put things in. So it's really complicated. It's, you know. Well, what works for you, I guess, is obviously if you don't really care about your health, what works for you is going to be Little Debbie's, McDonald's, and Krispy Kreme. <laughs> so what we're saying is the people listening to this who actually, like we say in our in our description, kind of our, our podcast motto is decide, commit, and then act. So if you decide by listening to this, or even prior to listening to this, that you want to make a change in your life with specifically your nutrition as we're talking today, then you want to commit to it and act. And when you act, that's when you try to figure out what works best for your body. Some people might be able to manage. What is that goat milk you said you? Yeah, I like, uh, I do drink, I do, that, well, I do implement dairy in yeah, my diet. Yeah, um, but not like the, you know. Not like Highlands milk or something right, like that. Highlands, like, like goat 2%. Milk. Okay. Goat milk, raw so, cheeses. Some people dairy. might not be able to do that. Right. And some people like you can obviously do it. Some mm -hmm. people might be able to manage more uh, wheat or gluten. Some people might not want any gluten. 
Some people Absolutely. might just hate the taste of certain things and it's just not realistic for them to do in an everyday diet. So for you, you think your combina- your combination of like, what was this? You said paleo and what? Carnet? I sort of do a modern paleo approach to my nutrition, but I lean more on the side of keto carnivore. Oh, okay. I do okay. high fat, high protein. I can I typically consume less than 100 carbs a day, 100 grams of carbs. I've been doing this for probably the past month or so, and I feel pretty good. And I think that's probably a combination of lowering the carbs and the fats. I think that's a big issue in today's world is people are consuming way too much carbohydrate and fats at the same time. Especially if it's versus, a bad carbohydrate. Uh, yeah, exactly. Especially if it's a bad carbohydrate. Um, I think your body kind of prefers one or the other. But you were it's Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So that's all, that's all I wanted to say. So, I mean, I do really well with high fat, high protein. I think protein is, you know, I think it's, it's definitely one of the most important nutrients. You need to be really concerned about how much protein you're getting on a daily basis and what, from what sources you're getting that protein from. I personally prefer animal products. Um, I know some people don't. Um, but anyways, I think regards to any kind of protein, whether it's plant-based or animal-based protein you, or any food in general, yeah. we, we were talking about how our produce in this country now is so watered down. The nutrient yeah. density is so messed up. So the mm. point is, I think you really want to pride yourself on making sure you have quality ingredients. Now, obviously, it's going to be cheaper to get super crappy frozen blueberries mm. compared to like a healthy, you know, fresh half quart right. of blueberries. But that might be a good option what we, for somebody. Exactly. But what we, what Taylor and I, what you and I have already talked about, you're either going to make time for your health and wellness now, you're going to have to make time for your cancer and disease and illness later. Health is wealth. So, you it know, if, if, if you really think it's not worth spending an extra 50 cents, dollar, dollar, 52 dollars on an item over another one, that's, you know, that's your choice. Obviously, we're not here to tell anyone what to do. Um, no. But at the end of the day, it, it, the, the, it, there is a reward to priding yourself on quality ingredients. Like Taylor, I know, isn't going to go just to a standard like here in Kansas City. We have Price Chopper, Hen House, like the generic grocery stores out in California. I lived for seven years. They have Rouse and Vons. If you go there, that's just kind of like the run of the mill, like chicken breast or turkey or right. even like beef. Whereas, you know, you where do you go for your specific meat products? Just as an example, real quick. Um, well, I do. So for a lot of my meat now, I actually have no idea. I typically I like this company. They actually. I got them on Instagram. They're really cool. I tag them a lot. It's Thousand Hills is the brand. They're 100% grass-fed, regenerative agriculture farm. Their meat is fucking delicious, and it's really high quality. It's 100% grass-fed. It's not It's not grain-fed, grass-finished. It's 100% grass-fed. Mm, that's, so, that's a good uh, point. Um, yeah. So anyways, I do... I go to natural grocers for that, but I do eat regular beef as well. I'll go get my steaks at hy or whatever. I go to Sprouts to get a lot of my stuff. Sprouts as well. is great. You know, so, you know, you kind of pick and choose. Yeah, I mean, honestly, any a meat product from a even a price shop or a hen house, which is not necessarily the highest quality you can get, that's still better than getting a meat product that's full of grease at a fast food place. Oh, way better. Or for yeah. something that's fried or deep fried. Like, that's you know, I, I don't care if you have Wagyu beef, if you deep fry it, it's still, yeah, no. I mean, yes, it's <laughs> high quality, but then you just, just crap all over it with a deep fried part or just the super greasy, or maybe they have a really like super unhealthy fatty butter they cook with it. So I think that's really interesting. So yeah. Thousand Oaks, you said? At Thousand Hills. Thousand Hills. Thousand yeah. Hills. You hear that? You Shout don't have out. to sponsor us. But. <laughs>
I like your I like your I like your, I like your beat. You don't have anyways. to do anything, but we love you. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, that's some so but, transition into. Yeah, so really quick though, you said in the last month you basically have been kind of eating this certain um, mm-hmm. way, but it really wasn't because I've known the way you've your nutrition has been for a long time. It really wasn't drastically different like no. last year. No. You did make some changes, but basically. Because I don't know, people might get discouraged if they hear like, oh, he's only been doing this a month. What is he? Well, his diet no, two months no. ago was not that different. I make, so like I said, yeah. Quick. yeah. So like I said, uh, you want to kind of do some self-experimentation. You want to take things out, put things in. And typically those those things you take out and put in are going to be small things, right? And I do implement fruits and vegetables in my diet. I know people get way out of whack when I say I don't eat a lot of fruits and vegetables because my diet is mostly animal products. But no, I do put them in. I do take them out. I see how I feel. It's a lot of self-experimentation. Um, and I've been doing that since about 2011. So, uh, so yeah. Oh, nine, eight, eight, nine years. I mean, it's 2020 yeah. in a couple of weeks, you know. So, damn, okay. Um, yeah. Do I, do, does that work for everybody? No, it does not work for everybody. In this episode, we're definitely going to talk a lot about beginners and people who are kind of, they don't know where to go with their nutrition and they need some way, they need some help. So, we're going to talk about that for sure. Okay. So you said, obviously it doesn't, you know, the specific way that your basically standard breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks aren't necessarily like ideal for everyone. But then again, mm-hmm. aspects of it are, and let's just, let's just lay the, you know, just be basic here. Mm-hmm. What doesn't work for anyone's health is things in a wrapper, fast food restaurants, 100%. things with uh, chemical ingredients you can't pronounce. Yeah. Uh, take a hike, dude, get out of here. You know, it's like, so that's what definitely doesn't work. I mean, there might be some people out there who maybe work for, uh, some sort of, you know, uh, like there's a billion kind of bars. You go to any gas station or grocery store, there's 30 different brands of bars that you can choose from. Yeah. About 99% of them are just full of processed crap. And it's just not, um, that beneficial for you in the long run when it comes to someone who wants to prioritize their health, which is what this podcast is all about. Um, so, you know, like Taylor said, the specific things that he does and the way he decides to, you know, eat and, uh, you know, what he drinks and consumes isn't necessarily ideal for every human, but there are definitely aspects of it are that are, that are Mm -hmm. just basics that everyone should follow if you're going to prioritize your health. Um, just to, you know, cause some people might not understand, it might be confusing if we always say yeah. like, you know, oh, this isn't for everyone. Well, what's definitely not for anyone is processed junk. Processed junk. Right. And if you don't yeah. know what processed junk means, anything in a wrapper or that has ingredients you can't pronounce. Exactly. You know, uh, I think, yeah. Well said. Right. You um, know, I mean. Stuff in a wrapper. So, you know, candy, potato chips, all that stuff, fast food, ice cream, junk like that. Uh, there's. Another big one is industrial sea oil, so stuff like canola oil. Any of um, those hydrogenated oils. Oh, my And gosh. even you that's can run into issues. clog your arteries. Dude. There was a topic. Who was it who said? I mean, that's multiple people have said this and studied it. Dr. T. Colin Campbell and then um, Ben Greenfield also talked about it. Hydrogenated oils. This isn't a recent thing that he talked yeah. about, but in his uh, content in the past, he's talked about hydrogenated oils and just oils in general. What would you, what'd you say? What you, how'd you call them? Industrial seed oils. Industrial so, seed oils. Yeah. So there's so many, uh, other experts and people who, who, um, 
spend most of their time focusing on this stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're not just spitballing our biased opinion here. But yes, what was, you said was great. I was just listening to a podcast, Ben Greenfield's recent podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, he was talking about how a lot of the fruits and vegetables that are in your supermarket are laden with compounds like methyl cycle propene, which is basically a growth factor that they kind of spray on, I guess, to fruits that slow the ripening process by 10 months. So that apple that's in your local price chopper could, could have been sitting there or could have been in a truck for like 10 months. It's really bizarre. Um, we talked about the soil a little bit, soil yeah. mineral depletion. And that, that, that is, it's not just here in America too, it's everywhere. And it's interesting how uh, there's a lot of uh, animals that eat a herbivore diet, but they're mm-hmm. consumed as a meat product by humans. So even the, animals who eat only like grass or whatever, even those, those crops and grass that they eat, that's even tainted a little bit. Right. So it's very interesting. How would you, for people who don't know who Ben Greenfield is, what, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, what is specific? I mean, if you go to Ben Greenfield, was it Ben Greenfield Fitness, his yeah. social media stuff? So Ben Greenfield, G-R-E-E-N-F-I-E-L-D, just yeah. like it sounds, Ben Greenfield. Shout out because I get a lot of, I get definitely a, a portion of my nutritional research from him because yeah, he, I mean, he dives into the actual oh, studies gosh. and scientific literature on this stuff. He's a longevity um, expert. He's been on TED Talks. He's been on just about every major podcast on the planet. He was just on Joe Rogan recently. Mm-hmm. He's not just some um, snake oil salesman. He knows what he's talking about. He does his due diligence. And that's what we try to pride ourselves in. I mean, I know Taylor and I, that's one thing we talked about last week with our fitness is how we've changed our fitness routine throughout the years because we're not so narrow-minded and thinking, okay, this this person said that, or this has been, this makes me get bigger and stronger. Right. So this is the only way to do things. You know, Taylor and I have always been learning new things about nutrition. Like what we, what do you just talked about with the vegetables? I, six weeks ago, you and I didn't even cross our minds, yeah. you know, I mean, so we're always trying to learn and develop our knowledge base and not just come up with biased opinions because we think people who eat a certain way are weird. Like, right. This is dumb. So there's, there's lots of little nitpicky stuff you can get into with correct vegetables and pesticides and lower nutrient quality and your fruits and vegetables now and all that stuff. But we're not going to talk about that so much on today's episode. We're going to talk about how people, beginners specifically, correct, can implement healthier food choices into their lives. And yeah. So is there anything else you want to add for you? And I'll just quickly jump into kind of what I've been doing most of my nutritional life. Like I said, most of what I've been doing, I do a lot of self-experimentation. I do which is key. Higher fat, higher protein. That works for me. Um I drink bone broth. A lot of animal products for me. I try to get really quality, um, really quality meats. I do eat organ meats. I do eat liver and kidney and heart and all that stuff. Shocker. Um, those are actually really yeah, good for you. To the you. general public, um, the general person might be like, what the hell, dude? That's but, fucking gross. <laughs> and I don't eat, not, eat that but, regularly like Taylor, but it's not as – um, unheard of as you might think, you know, <laughs> it's really not. I and mean, there's tons of benefits to it. Yeah, um, just nutritionally, indigenous well. cultures for thousands and thousands of years eat the entirety of the animal that they kill. It's, it's just, it's hard for us to do that in today's society, of course, but that's just the fact of the matter. And I do want to talk about what man actually ate in the paleo era in the Pleistocene era. We'll talk about that here in a little bit, but I hand it over to Jack. Yeah, so basically, like you said, Taylor, I, I, um, 
up until I really just ate whenever I was hungry and I ate whatever, what was ever put in front of me up until my sophomore year or maybe just leading into my sophomore year, maybe the summer between freshman year in high school and sophomore year in high school. I, I really don't know what, I don't remember a specific thing that kind of just, I just remember, I remember two things specifically that kind of sparked my interest a little bit was one, I realized how every guy, all my friends, their dads were overweight and fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dad bods, hashtag dad bods, <laughs> except for one of my friends. Uh, I don't need to name the name, but his dad, uh, he, he was on a soccer team that I was playing with for years growing up. And, and this friend of mine went to Blue Vine North High School here in Kansas City. But his dad would be running laps and doing air squats and push-ups during our soccer practices. And all the other dads would be like sitting there, you know, sipping a beer or something. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I just remember thinking, all right, his dad is eating a certain way and he looks healthy and like a superhero. And my dad and all the other dads are, you know, in any kind of adult male. I mean, this is America, you know. It's a very overweight unhealthy unhealthy country to an extent um so that kind of got me thinking and then the main thing too was um i can't i I, it just kind of came on me you know how we talked about last week how you and i didn't think when we were in first grade like oh we're gonna fall in love with fitness it just happened so for me i made that connection just at a soccer practice over the summer and then i just started thinking like, all right, you know, what do you, cause I was really big into sports and I started thinking like, what do these guys, these guys, I, I find it hard to believe that these guys, um, NFL, NBA, soccer players, uh, bodybuilders, anything eat three bags of Otis Spunkmeyer cookies for lunch every day. Yeah. I find it very yeah. hard to believe. Yeah. So for me up until sophomore year, standard American diet for any kind of kid whose parents don't necessarily have a knowledge base in nutrition and then starting, I've been a little bit all over the place, and I've actually almost been, you know, the polar opposite of Taylor off and on for most of my, from sophomore year up until now. We're the same age. We're 25. But, um, and I think that's what's super fascinating about this podcast episode today is because if you and I ate the same exact way, it'd be almost kind of boring to an extent yeah. for the listener. And also, it might seem like we both don't even fathom the other side of things. Right. So, um, for a while when I was a sophomore in high school – I did completely plant-based, yeah, 100% plant-based. And I don't say vegan because I'm sure my soccer cleats had leather or something, you know. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, vegan is technically like no animal products at all, even in your uh, clothing apparel, your, you know, anything you wear. The point is I ate a plant-based diet. I don't even remember. I didn't keep track of all the other stuff. And I did notice a big improvement for that. But then I wasn't eating, you know, going from eating a lot of calories and because I would be working out, you know, running all the time, right. playing sports. I wasn't getting enough through because I was super strict. I was basically raw, too, which without even thinking about it, I just was. Mm-hmm. I wasn't eating enough calories. I started losing a bunch of weight. And then I changed, probably slowly started incorporating more and more calories. For me, it's not necessarily like a super health food, super food, but including more fats in the in the sense of uh, like nut butters, but healthy. Not like if you go to right now, Jif, they have hydrogenated oils. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and they have sugar in there. So if you can get any kind of nut butter that's almond, cashew, or peanut butter that's natural, you know, and it doesn't have – it's not like perfectly soft and luscious because it's not mixed with a bunch of oils and stuff. So I started including nut butters, avocados, super high calorie dense and high fat – um, I started eating more too. I was eating breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. So slowly I started increasing the calories, but I was still pretty much plant-based. And then when I got to uh, college, I went uh, basically 
pescatarian, I think, for like three months. I was super all over the place. So I did – because it's San Diego, you know, right by the ocean. It had the best fish quality. I mean, are you kidding me, dude? I'd have, yeah. I'd have fish tacos that were just caught that morning. San Diego. Like, come on, dude. So I basically – I think it was about three months where I did – Still no dairy and no animal products and no eggs, but tons of fruits and vegetables. And then fish was my animal source, my protein source. And I still had plant-based protein sources and stuff. And then after that, I did, um, I started including um, eggs and, and higher quality meat, meaning I focused on, for me, I just never liked red meat. There's nothing wrong with it. Even as a kid, I just always, I remember we have steak dinner sometimes and I just didn't like the way I felt for at least a day after that. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure I could get through it now and get over it. I mean, I know I could, but I didn't really jump into that. I started eating a lot of ground turkey. Uh, Fat-wise, for, for me, I always did like a 93.7 on when I would consider consume meat regularly. What do you, If you choose, like what's your specific? Um, well, if you could choose. Now, I mean, now I, I eat high fat. Like my favorite steaks are ribeyes, New York strips, I like I do eighty twenty. All that marbling. Yep, I do eighty twenty beef. Eighty twenty. Okay. I think a lot of the uh, what there really is no actual research on animal fat being bad for you. There just isn't, and I think animal fat is really good for you. And not only is it good for you, but our ancestors have been consuming that stuff for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. I mean, and they weren't consuming honest. saturated fat and processed hydrogenated fat. They're consuming I mean, well, the they're animal cons- fat. Well, I mean, animal <laughs> fat, but saturated fat from animal Correct, fat correct, like but not like the um, – no, not, like, not like hydrogenated fat from – Correct, or just man-made butter and stuff. Yeah, peanut yeah. oil, dude. Yeah. So the point is what he's talking about specifically is animal fat. Trans fats, that's completely man-made. Oh, yeah. that's, Tra- that's what I was thinking of, not saturated fat, trans fats. Thankfully, I, I blew it. Sorry thankfully, about that. Thankfully, I think the FDA has completely eradicated trans fats from – all foods at this point that's a completely man-made fat be careful though because something that says trans fat free or fat free is going to have and it still tastes really sweet or really good and it's in a box or something or in a wrapper it's going to increase in something else so some things that are fat free are going to increase their sugar content so they'll make up for it somewhere so be be careful on that but yeah so for you said 80 20 if you could choose if you weren't getting a uh a steak or something that wasn't specific about the fat content. Um, you you would do eighty twenty. I, I do eighty twenty. Pretty when much I, when I get like a thousand hills, I do that. Okay, I get their 80, awesome. Yeah, so for me, I did anywhere from eighty five fifteen or ninety three seven. I probably would have been better for me to go eighty twenty with my activity. You know, Tara and I talked about last week. We were consistently doing working out six seven days a week, sometimes two and three days. So the more fat and calories is probably better right. for us. So I did that for about a year and a half to two years was um, still no dairy, but I did as much as many fruits and vegetables as I could. I did every morning I would have uh, eggs and I would put I would have white basmati rice. It was so filling and also it, it was uh, a lot of good calories and just fat and protein all in there. So I'd wake up and have seven uh, cracked eggs and an entire container of the basmati rice. Uh, frozen though. So I just microwave it real quick and I mix the rice with the eggs, scrambled eggs, and just put seasoning in there with a little spinach. Ah, oh, dude. And I remember I took, I did that because, uh, Brian Miller, I'll have to tag him in this shout out to Brian Miller. He was a coach at cross from Victus on San Diego and he's, he's a fitness guru. And, and he was bulking to say the least at the time when I started changing my diet into more, into more animal product, healthier animal product items. 
I remember he would coach me in the mornings for some of my morning sessions and he'd have a gigantic Tupperware container, like huge, like the size of this computer of mixed up, like, I don't know how many eggs, a lot of scrambled eggs and white basmati rice. And he'd just be eating it throughout the whole training session, coaching. And he put on some mass, dude, (laughs) but like good mass. He didn't like dirty bowl, you know? Yeah. Um, So I did that. And then I pretty much did that up until it was, it's almost 2020. So 2000, middle of 2017, for whatever reason, I, I don't really remember the exact reason why I went back to a 95% of the time plant-based. I would, if I would eat out, um, like, you know, we would go to a nice steakhouse or something. I wouldn't be that guy. who's like, Oh, give me a side of asparagus and I don't need anything else. You know, like, so, and, and the key for me and the key for you too is we're not so strict that we're going to lose our minds if we no. eat something that's not necessarily in no. our guidelines as healthy. So for me, for a while in high school, my sophomore in high school, when I first started going vegan, I would have like a little mental breakdown if I had like something yeah. unhealthy, which is in itself not healthy. You got to gotta do have that. something to look forward to, too. I mean, Correct. On. Yeah. I mean, Taylor and I are eat a very clean diet. And we say clean, meaning nothing from a wrapper and man-made to an extent. Every once in a while. I had a quest. I had a quest cookie today. There you go. So (laughs) yeah. And what did I, I had something else. What did I have? You know, the point is we're not a hundred percent of the time. We give ourselves the little wiggle room because at the end of the day, people are like, like, Oh, fucking quest cookie. Why don't you have a cupcake, bro? (laughs) I know. They're like, Oh, you're really cheating, Taylor. (laughs) At the end of the day, something I always thought about, uh, throughout the last couple of years is no one got fat off of eating one pint of ice cream and one burger and fries. It's no. eating it consistently day after day. Right. That's what got you fat. So it's not going to be that detrimental to your health. It's not going to be detrimental to your health that, at yeah. all. If every once in a while, by every once in a while, we don't mean like a little bit every night. Uh, for me, I will not be as strict or sometimes it just, no, I have no choice. Sometimes in a bind and in a hurry and yeah. it, or I've, I'm at a place like I was at all right, cool. So basically, the people who are listening to this video, we the the uh, recording of the microphone and the, and the audio paused for about four minutes there. But as we were saying, the people who might only be listening to this, Teo and I have never been 100% strict, nor do I think anyone should, because that's a very stressful way to live. You just work with what you got. I, since I went back to a plant-based diet in the middle of 2017, I've done as well as I could, as often as I could. If I had an option, I'll eat a whole food plant-based diet with some healthy uh, animal protein and animal fats in there. Um, but if I'm going to bind and I'm with a group of people at, you know, an ice cream shop with 10 friends, I don't want to be that guy necessarily. I mean, it could, you could, but I also just, whatever, you know, it's not going to kill you one time every, right. every couple months here and there. And the big, I think the biggest thing is if you do go, if you go off track on your diet, just get back, get right back on track, get back on the horse quickly. Yeah. You're fine. You don't have to beat yourself up. Don't let that one, I guess, cheat meal, you know? Yeah. I don't like that term. But or a mistake. One, I don't like that either. Yeah, that one, whatever, whatever you want to refer to it as. Don't yeah. let that thing totally derail your process, your your progress, rather. You don't want to let right. that one thing derail your progress. You want to get right back on that on that, um, that discipline. And we'll talk about this, uh, that kind of general category uh, in the mental health uh, episode, which is next week. In regards to what Taylor was saying is, you know, it's like in sports, in life, in your nutrition, in your fitness, the the last thing you should do is let one mistake lead to another, lead to another. And the way you do that is if you make a mistake or go off of your plan 
or in, in, in nutrition, like we're talking about today, if you eat something that you might think is considered unhealthy or that's not recognized as unhealthy, don't dwell on it and beat yourself out about, up about it to the point where you make another one and another one, another one. And all of a sudden you're going down this rabbit hole of seven days in a row with Krispy Kreme. And then you're kind of like back square run. So short term memory loss with, with, um, you know, not sticking to the plan, uh, failures, mistakes, anything like that. Um, so I guess basically one more thing to sum up my nutritional journey is, so it's 2017, I went back to like 95%, 90% of the time having a plant-based uh, meal. And then uh, I got chronically sick, which is kind of what I talked about a little bit last week with my fitness journey um, back in September, 2017, up until still now, I'm still dealing with it. I'm obviously way healthier now. I'm not in the hospital like I was most of 2018, but my diet was all whack when I was in the, I was in the hospital in 2018 for over 300 days in the hospital food. Let's just say it's not healthy. <laughs> I mean, even the salads, it's, first of all, it's not filling. And you would have you would have such a heyday looking at the, the menu there. Yeah. It's unreal. I walked through when I was healthy enough to walk around a little bit. I was in the ICU multiple times. And, you know, there'd be someone who just got like a heart surgery or a heart transplant. And a menu option for them to choose is fried chicken. That's horrible. <laughs> uh, like, like what? Like, I, I almost passed out and died yeah. right there, dude. I was shocked. I was you, like, know what, you know what I fucking hate? Oh, my god! You know what I hate, too? Speaking of fried chicken, I hate kids' menus. <laughs> I, I fucking hate kids' menus. You look at a kids' true. menu at that's any restaurant, really funny. and it's like chicken nuggets, cheese pizza. It's like nothing, nothing healthy, nothing good for a kid. Nothing that would benefit. Yeah, exactly. And why, why is it? Why are those things on the menu? I think it's pretty funny. I think it's because of just bullshit advertising, modern culture, and then parents not enforcing healthy nutrition. And also, I it mean, might, that might be some of the similar stuff. A lot of times, it's the same stuff the parents are eating, but just the parents are eating a bigger portion. Right. But it, that would be a super funny like little bit for comedy is talking about <laughs> kids' menus, dude. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. That's so true. true. I mean. Good. I, I challenge anyone out there. And I'll post this on all my social media as well to find me a kid's menu besides a plant-based restaurant. That doesn't count. Mm. A superfood plant-based restaurant. Like uh, there's a restaurant down the street called Enjoy Pure Food. It's like uh, 70% of it's probably plant-based. The rest has like high quality fish and lean meats. Nice. That might have a healthy kid's menu. In fact, I know it does. But besides that, go to any restaurant, any country club, any any place that has food. Find me a healthy kid's menu. Healthy meaning Fruits and vegetables, um, just basics, fruits and vegetables, Boom. besides like pasta sauce or pizza sauce and a pizza. That doesn't count, obviously. But that that's so funny. It's so true, dude. So and Speaking of kids, so uh, I just thought of this. Yeah, go, so go for it, So I was dude. talking to my my mom's neighbor the other day. It's this old lady, older lady. Her grandson is this young kid. I can't remember. She said he was 6 or 12. Anyways, so the kid is – he had three F's on his report card. And so, of course, the principal or whoever, Savage, teacher, teacher was like, yo, uh, you should get him, you know, diagnosed for whatever, you know. So they took him to the doctor. And, of course, oh, he gosh. tested for ADD or ADHD. And, of course, let's throw they, chemicals and meds at him. Boom. That's <laughs> the answer to this kid's problem, this kid who can't sit still in class. The answer, of course, is to load him up with ADHD pills. Uh, of course, medicate him. So medication, anyways, and she was like pro giving this kid this medication. I'm like, dude, 
Like I'm no parent <laughs> to the to the old lady, dude. <laughs> I really want to tell her. I was just kind of like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. It sucks when you have to be nice, a bigger person, <laughs> because that's the type of person. Probably, I'm assuming this is a huge judgment. I'm assuming that lady, the elderly lady, she's nice. Probably wouldn't understand Amazing where you're lady. coming from and what you're even saying if you disagree with the whole let's medicate this 12 year old or six year old kid. So go ahead, go ahead. So that's what we're talking about on the yeah. podcast. Boom, boom, boom. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, and we, that's that would be a really interesting episode for nutrition is we could talk mainly Ugh, about teenagers and under. So teenagers, 19 and under, kind of what is widely known as the best way to go or the best kind of general decisions to go when it comes to nutrition, what we Absolutely. should have done better or what we did do and it worked. Um, and then maybe we could talk about just adults after that or some sort of other categories. But the point is, so yeah, um, with – the last thing I was going to say with my nutrition is the past probably three months, I've uh, started working with uh, a holistic nutritionist and stuff. And this lady specializes in treating people with chronic illnesses. I am rare in the sense that not everyone listening to this or not many 25-year-olds have a very chronic illness. So I, I've why, had, why don't you touch on that briefly? I'm sure we can touch on that. Yeah, more we'll in, get into it. So, so basically, episode, but. I, I have uh, – Really, I have stage three uh, chronic kidney disease, so stage three, it's stage genetic, three B. Right? Yeah, I was genetic. born with it, but it's gotten worse over the years. Stage three B, there's two parts of stage three. Three A is a little bit less intense than stage three B, and then there's stage four, which means you're pretty much screwed, and stage five means you're really screwed. You need dialysis. So I'm on stage three B because my kidney function. I'm on stage three P, three B CKD. That means my kidney function is not that great. It's luckily stable now since I've gotten started eating this certain way and excluding certain things from my diet, which I'll get into in about five seconds. But yeah, I mean, I have, uh, you know, one big ureter now. I have a brand new bladder. I've had, I've had 12 total surgeries in the last um, 20 months, which are in regards to my kidneys, my ureter, my bladder, uh, and then 12 other procedures. So I guess if you guys want to get technical procedures, I called everything I had that I didn't have to stay the night for, that I went under anesthesia for, I considered those procedures. Like, I, you know, if you go in for a quick hour um, under anesthesia and they do a surgery, but I don't have to stay the night. I always consider that a procedure for me. There's probably a, actual facts about that. And then the surgery is when I had to stay in the hospital multiple nights. Some of my surgeries were 12 hours long. So the point is I was very chronically sick. I had chronic infections, chronic sepsis. I, I had septic shock three times, which kills people more often than not. And I had chronic infections. My kidney function was bad. So I had the, the only thing I could control besides trying all this more medication, which I don't even want to get into that right now, Yeah, was what I ate and what I drank. So finally, one of my KU med doctors recommended this uh, lady. Her name is Jen, and I want to get permission from her before I give her actual name, and we can give her a shout-out definitely yeah. in the next episode. But she uh, was an ICU nurse at Children's Mercy for a while, and then she went back to school to get uh, certified and get her master's and all this other uh nutrition, dietitian, health coaching, all this kind of stuff. And she can touch more on it. Maybe we can have her as a guest sometime. She, she would love it. I would love to. She's local. Um, but uh, basically for the last three months, I've had no dairy, no gluten, and no soy. And I think that's probably not a bad idea for most, most, most people, people. Obviously, and, when, and dairy, when Taylor says he consumes dairy – just explain so, one more time the yeah. quality that you're consuming. So the, you're not I mean, eating the dairy. The dairy that I consume is very specific. I do, I mean, very specific. I, I like raw goat's milk. I like raw cheeses, stuff like that. I mean, those 
when you consume it, when it's non homo I mean, I do non-homogenized goat milk. So you don't do the Go-Gurts and the Yoplait yogurt? Absolutely not. <laughs> when, I do, when I do Greek yogurt, I do full-fat Greek yogurt when I do that. Sugar-free, um, I'm assuming. Yeah. Or I mean, lightly sweetened maybe at the worst. You want to get your quality dairy if you're going to do dairy, absolutely. And make sure you can tolerate it, of course. But And so, like Taylor said for that, you know, some people can obviously tolerate it. Some people might not. For me, I know what's working for me right now, what's, what's keeping me out of the hospital is absolutely no dairy, absolutely no sugar, absolutely no soy, and absolutely no gluten. I've never excluded gluten in my entire life until starting three weeks ago. And it's, I didn't, I don't feel like I have a gluten intolerance. I don't even know what the details of that are, yeah. but I've noticed improvements excluding all four of those things. No processed, you know, white table sugar, white sugar. No soy, no dairy, and no gluten. And I feel like gluten might be one of the biggest things. My skin's like more. Uh, people tell me when I when I post a video, uh, like my you know family or close friends would say, "Oh, your skin looks brighter, more vibrant." I don't feel as uh, puffy and water. You know, you know, like with uh, water weight and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel I just feel better. Obviously, it probably has something to do with the do the doy, the soy, the dairy, yeah. and the and the sugar as well. But basically, that's I can I can get into more detail. But I've basically been eating pretty much a plant whole food plant-based diet for the past three weeks, excluding those four things. And that has helped me in the spot where I'm at now. Will I do that forever? Probably not. But with someone who's in a spot like me or anyone else out there who has really bad diabetes, a disease, a cancer, this, this lady, and there's other, you know, there's a, hundreds of other doctors out there that have these specialty nutritional programs for people who are in a real bind. This is not necessarily a longevity thing. This is not something I'm going to be doing forever. It's not like I'm going to, when I get when I get done with it, I'm going to start eating ice cream every day. Right. I've always been healthy, but I know for where I'm at now physically, with someone who has a chronic illness, chronic pain, chronic infections, chronic surgeries, what I'm doing right now is working. Um, and when I do start to include animal products again, it will be along the lines of what Taylor was saying. So um, you know, some some high quality organ meats, some high quality lean meats, um, some. Uh, animal fat, which will always help because I'm trying to gain weight again. Absolutely. In a in a 18 month span, I went from 260 to 192. Yeah. And I'm six five, so I'm up to 233 right now. But you know, there's healthy and good fats you can include that you can include in your diet to help mm -hmm. if you are trying to bulk or even maintain. And carb wise, I'm eating a lot of carbs right now because that's that's fruit and vegetables for you for the most mm -hmm. part. But, um, you know, I will lower that eventually and up a little bit more of the protein and um, up a little bit more of the fat. So, Taylor, what were you saying? Basically, you have mainly less carbs and fat than before and more I, of a I healthier less, protein animal source. Yeah. So okay. I, my personal diet is I consume high fat, high protein and, and less carbohydrate, lower, way lower carbohydrate. Okay. I think for I'm going to kind of get into a little bit of a not really a soapbox, but um I think for certain people, I think they really can benefit from some carbohydrate. Like, uh, and I'm not talking about processed carbohydrates. I mean, you can't out train a bad diet. It's it will catch up. Or with you, you can't out live a bad diet. <laughs> oh, there you go. It will catch up to you at some point. I don't care what anybody says about that. Do you want to give a couple examples of processed carbs? Processed Besides carbs. the obvious, like wrapper food. You know, so yeah. Food. So bread is a huge one. It's a huge problem. Pretty much, especially in the United States, right? Yeah. Any bread, really. I mean, there's a couple breads out there like that are in the frozen or refrigerated section. <laughs> but you besides can, you that, you might be able to get away with some sprouted yes. grain bread. But, but let, in I general, that's a great that's a great place to start for a lot of people is to kind of eliminate gluten in its entirety from your diet. Yeah, and, and I've you know I say gluten free, but I still have 
There's tons of gluten-free pastas out there I'll eat frequently. If you need, if you're craving that crunch, there's healthier options. And we can name some brands later, but there's healthier options Mm of, uh, you know, there's gluten-free chips, gluten-free crackers, you name it. So it's not like we're telling you to lose everything that you like about carbs, but there's other versions besides the processed carbs. So I think, yeah, so I think carbs, you got to be real specific. Uh, if you're an athlete, if you're a high-level athlete, I know guys like uh, I'll use Zach Bitter for example. He's an ultra marathon runner. He is primarily eating a carnivorous diet, but he does include a little bit of carbohydrates in the form of glucose, complex carbohydrates, stuff like that, on some of his high-end races. I think that's you. Carbohydrates can be beneficial for some people as long as you're not consuming high-fat, high-carb processed sugars and shit like that and then sitting on your butt all day you got to be real specific you know the body prefers one type of either fat or carbohydrate whichever one you're going to choose i think um for stuff like bodybuilding i think people see a lot of results obviously from carbohydrates that's kind of a duh um i think it's calorie dense too yeah it puts it puts on bulk it bulks you it adds mass and good mass if you're ready if you're eating the the quality carbs you got to be specific for what your goals are correct and i think if we're talking about people in general wanting to get healthier i think possibly lowering your carbs your carbohydrate intake or at least switching to higher quality carbohydrates so what's a high quality carbohydrate if you're going to consume carbohydrate well roots and tubers stuff like uh beets sweet potatoes um, stuff that drips into the bloodstream a little bit slower than something like a ice cream potatoes every day. They're yeah. a healing food. Go then ahead. something like an ice cream cone or something like you know, uh, or uh, or just a sour white, patch, a white syrupy bread or something. You know, right, nothing like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, do you? What about rice? Do you include rice in your diet every once in a while? Not, right no. now, no, no, I don't. But I do think white rice can play a role. However, you can um, pick your spots with it, right? Yeah. I mean, for me, I know when I've been trying to gain weight, white. Long grain rice or right basmati rice um, has been big. And and people might think, oh, why no white pasta but no white rice? We can get into the details of that later. But pasta um, is not good for you. Correct. And there's gluten <laughs> there's gluten-free and there's um, you know, there's different kinds there's so many different kinds of pasta that aren't the processed carb pasta. It yeah. does nothing for you. It's so nutrient, it's so it lacks it's just a filler yeah. calorie. It doesn't have any nutrients in it. It's just let, let me let me your, be specific. You know, go ahead. American pasta is not <laughs> yeah. good for you. <laughs> so yeah. All right. So you all right, continue. Sorry, sorry. That went off a little tangent there. Anyway, so yeah, I was talking about um, carbohydrates and fats and stuff like that. I kind of want to talk about some of the major diets that are out there today. Let's do that. Uh, and I kind of want to break them down. Just a, I just want to touch on them a little bit. I don't want to get into too much scientific detail with this stuff because there are far better sources out there. If you really want to nitpick scientific studies and stuff like that, so um, first, I guess the diet I've been on diet, and you know the term diet, it's just it's the way I eat, it's my lifestyle. It's not I don't consider it like I have to do this. It's just the way I like to eat. Yeah, it's a good way to think about your nutrition, and it's a good way for the average Joe to think about their nutrition. The average person is eating. A lot of junk, a lot of stuff that comes out of a wrapper, Oreos and a Mountain Dew at night. And if they're being honest with themselves, a lot of stuff they know isn't good for them. But they just, you know, it's just too easy or tastes too good. They just don't necessarily care right now. Right. And when, you, like you said with the diet thing, uh, I don't like using that word either. So I like to think to myself or when I talk to people about their nutrition is 
you know, not what diet on, what do you eat nutritionally to supplement your lifestyle? Right. Cause like so, you said, it's a lifestyle. It's not a diet cause diets you end up going off of. Yeah. So personally for most people, I'm going to kind of merge beginners that want to get a little healthier and implement better quality nutrition into their, their lifestyles. I'm going to merge that with kind of a couple dietary, you know, popular diets that are out there right now. So go for it. first off, I think more of a, I call it modern paleo because literally all the fruits and vegetables that are in your local supermarket, none of them existed in the paleo and Pleistocene eras. None of them existed in that area, the era rather. Um, a potato back then was probably the size of a peanut. Um, we didn't have a lot of things like kale. A lot of this stuff is completely genetically, uh, people say stuff's not genetically modified. Literally everything is genetically modified. It just is. There's no way. A strawberry is not the same as a strawberry. Uh, I don't even know if a strawberry existed back in, you know, 15,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago. Let alone the stuff that's on the center aisles of the grocery store. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. So, you know what I mean? So but, not only produce and other things, <laughs> everything, but especially the freaking stuff that's, you know. hundred percent. So I'm not going to get into that too specifically. Yeah, yeah. Because I do think and that I guess, what a you... lot of people can benefit from a modern paleo approach to their nutrition. And so, how would you explain that to someone who might not even ever heard of paleo before? So paleo. Paleo diet has been around for a long time. I think uh, a guy named Rob Wolf, who's an amazing, super knowledgeable person. Uh, Did he make it mainstream? He kind of really introduced the paleo okay. diet with a book called The Paleo Solution. He put that out there because he had a lot of gut issues with gluten, things along those lines. Um, skin. Boom. So paleo diet is fruits and vegetables, uh, more vegetables than fruits. Yep. And that's kind of CrossFit. They, they, they kind of coined the some fruit, little starch, no sugar mentality. That's kind of paleo in a lot of sense. Um, so you're a lot of vegetables, um, high quality protein sources from animal sources, typically some nuts and seeds, but not a whole lot. Um, again, you know, the nuts and seeds of Today's age, not the same as the nuts and seeds from... Not even close. Not even remotely close. So... Which is saying you don't have to avoid them 100%. No. But you, don't, you shouldn't rely on them solely. Right. Exactly. And then... So that's basic paleo. What would you say modern paleo is compared to what someone might think of just paleo? Right. What so do you mean by modern paleo? I mean modern paleo because, because I mean, like I said, the, the fruits and vegetables of today's era are completely different than what they were. So modern paleo would be just what's around today. So right? 2019, so 2020 paleo. You go to your supermarket, what's there? You got carrots and kale and broccoli and broccolini and zucchini noodles. And you got in your meat section, in most stores, generically, it's chicken, which I don't like chicken. I think it's a weak-ass bird. But uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and plus, if you look at the chickens from even 50 years ago compared to the chickens now, Oh, it's so gross how dude. big and like steroid injected and hormone injected oh, they are. Oh, yeah. man. So we'll get into that later. But dude, uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I really made the switch recently to, um, I've been using, I've been getting those Vital Farms eggs. Oh, and yeah. Okay. The difference in color and nutrient profile to one of those free range. It's not just, you go to the, you know, Sprouts or even Hy-Vee and it's like free range, cage free. But what they don't tell you is it. Is it free foraging? Do the birds have room to forage and eat shit off the ground and worms and whatnot? Because if they don't, then they're being fed a vegetarian diet, which means they're probably still being fed corn and grain and junk like that. 
And you, so you, I got these eggs. Yeah. So they're from Vital Farms is the company. And shout out. Shout yeah, we'll give them a shout out, I guess. Um, and I had a package left in the fridge of regular like sprouts, cage-free eggs, and I cracked them next to each other. And the difference in color is insane. The sprouts egg is like offset gross yellow color. It's like a oh, it's like a pale yellow. Yeah. Pale it's yellow. Pale oh. yellow. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Um, so yeah, so the, and the, compared to the vital, the egg, vital farms is vital it's farms a eggs. dark orange color, and that's what you want. Which example? Which is the example of more nutrient density? How? Why, Far, yeah. Okay, that's. It, I'm just trying to clarify. For totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you want that dark? If you're gonna get eggs, and people look at the price on those and they're like, seven bucks for twelve eggs. What the fuck? Or you know, eighteen Whatever eggs. It is, yeah. And it's like it's crazy, but the nutrient profile between a regular you know, hy egg and like a Vital Farms egg is completely not, it's not the same You're at all. You're getting way more bang for You're your buck. You're getting way more nutrients out of that Vital Farms egg. I'd be curious if sometimes someone did a study like, you know, if someone ate six eggs one day and six eggs the next day of, so 12 eggs in two days of the kind of standard grocery store eggs and then 12 eggs in two days of the Vital Farms eggs. Yeah. What the difference is in just their nutrient absorption, nutrient density, and that would be super impactful for people to paint a better picture. Like, okay, you're paying half as much for these cheesy eggs, but you're not getting nearly as much from it, you know? Right. So it's almost like you might as well spend a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, back to modern – exactly. Back to modern paleo, um, fruits and vegetables, uh, specifically berries. Um, those are very in line with what kind of modern indigenous tribes typically eat. If you look at uh, – I love wild blueberries. Wild blueberries, you go to great. sprouts and get bags of frozen wild mm-hmm. blueberries. Oh, let's go! Blueberries. That's what a lot of modern indigenous tribes forage. They forage for berries and things like that. Um, so berries for your fruits. Um, what are wide variety of vegetables. What are some common vegetables you eat? Common vegetables um, that I'll throw in every now and then to my own diet. Um, I do some broccoli. Um, I do spinach because it's sort of a low fodmap vegetable, so I don't fart a lot, basically. Want to eat that vegetable? Um, but it's not something that's like that's something that's been around for long enough. You know? Yeah, so stuff like that. Okay, you want to throw in? Um, I think for most people that are working out, they're doing CrossFit and stuff like that. I think more of a paleo approach is great, and just make sure that you're including some carbohydrates for your sport or whatever you're doing. So, in quality is important. Uh, what works for me probably not going to work for some other people. So I'm not, I will not personally endorse the carnivore diet or something like that, even though that's typically what I personally follow. But what's also worked for me is a modern paleo approach. I felt amazing. And you're eating real foods. That's, that's the biggest, that's the, that's, what, that's yeah. the really what I want to get to in this podcast is people, beginners that really want to make that switch to better health. Yes, you want to join a gym, like we said in our last podcast, but you also want to start making healthier food choices in your diet and eating real foods that are grown from the earth. Um, like I said, I like regenerative agriculture farms. So like grass fed beef, if you can do that, if you can afford that, if you can't regular beef's fine, but um, just putting real food into your body, real, if you can get, or if you, if you can buy organic vegetables and fruits, 100% agree. go for it. Um, I think that could be a good name of this episode. It's real food talk. Like real food so talk. Real living food. And if it's not a real living food, aka animal product, then make sure it's fresh enough where it wasn't killed and hasn't been frozen for two years. Yeah. 
There's an interesting thing I listened to about the yogic culture, the yogic diet over in India. They never, the, the hardcore yogis, they don't eat anything, any animal product or anything mm-hmm. more than two hours after it's been killed and cooked. Yeah. So they don't eat half their plate of, you know, um, ribeye steak and they don't put the rest in the fridge for leftovers for three days later. Mm-hmm. There's just, it just, there's not as much, you don't get as much out of it. It's hard to digest. There's so many things we can talk about that, but I think real living foods, and if it's not living like a plant-based food, then something that wasn't, you know, killed and slaughtered, or it's yeah. not been sitting on the shelf for five years or five right. days, even you don't want to, you want to consume it and eat it, especially after you cook it. So when you cook your food, I'm assuming you eat as much as you cook to the, to the, to the most part. See, I mean, typically people I, will meal you know, prep and stuff, which is fine. Meal prep is important for sure. Um, to, for everyone's lifestyle. And the interesting thing I was thinking of is you said you won't push your way of nutrition on other people No, because no one else on this planet probably does the specific activities you do. And no right. one else has the specific chronic illness and the specific activities I do. If everyone did the same exact physical activity every day, then I really do think there could be more of a universally agreed with diet for human beings. But the fact of the matter is a 61 year old lady who sits behind a desk eight hours a day might be, would for sure be eating a different healthy real food diet than a 51 year old man who does half marathons once a month. You know, it's like, it's just, it just depends on it. There's a lot of factors that go into it. Yeah. I mean, so universally, Real food. People need real food. People need protein, number one. Building blocks for muscle tissue. You said elderly people have a different diet. Yeah. They absolutely need protein. Um, yeah, so that's... I think it would be interesting sometime if we did a little thing for social media or Instagram or something, or even YouTube. If Because I find it hard to believe that there's got to be 99% of people listening to this if they stop listening, once they stop listening to this and they go to their kitchen, there's probably so many things that are in wrappers they could throw out right now. Right. I think it'd be kind of funny. Even my kitchen, I, I live, you know, what, what my, I, I live at home right now because I was in the hospital for the better part of two years. So I'm a homebody right now. But just looking at my pantry that's in my kitchen, it's unbelievable how many boxed foods there are. <laughs> it's, it's almost like, oh man. So that would not necessarily be ideal if someone wants to prioritize their health and, and basically right. i guess just to sum this whole episode and this whole podcast up is this is all about prioritizing your health and focusing on the three main aspects of ultimate overall health which Absolutely. is the fitness today's nutrition mm-hmm. and also the mental health and and like i'll say and i'll let taylor add on some stuff and finish is basically like what we said on our on all of our description stuff about our podcast this is all about deciding you want to make a change committing to that change and then acting on that change. And it might not happen quickly. Taylor said earlier, you said about taking things out and trying different things mm-hmm. and excluding to seeing what foods might not work with you. What foods might be causing yeah. bad side effects. What foods might be making me, making you feel amazing. That's not going to happen in two nights. You know, no. you got to take some time. Rome wasn't built in the day. Be uh, blissfully dissatisfied, meaning be happy with where you're at and the progress you're making, but don't be so satisfied that you don't make any improvements yeah. like you know stay hungry exactly be patient but not so patient that you don't act like be patient in the results but be um really constant in your action and your activity levels and trying to improve your overall health absolutely taylor any last words you want to you want to do yeah we hope you guys can take something from this episode we're gonna have lots of these nutrition episodes a lot of these episodes we'll get more into detail on stuff yeah we're laying um, the foundation we're right laying now. some foundations here we hope you guys can really take something from this episode 
implement it to your own lives and get out there and crush it. Let's go, baby. So crush that shit, dog. Uh, decide, act, commit. Peace.